Praise the Lord. It's great to be in the house of the Lord on this Resurrection Sunday. As it's already been stated and declared, many shouts have gone forth in this place that our God is alive. Amen. Our Savior is risen from the grave. If you have your Bibles today, open up to the book of Colossians chapter 2. We're going to take in quite a bit of scripture today. We love the Word of God. Amen. Colossians 2, verses 13 to 15. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, as if buried alive. Our existence was a tomb existence, an excavation in earth or rock for the burial of a corpse. The Amplified Bible reads, in you who were dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, your sensuality, your sinful carnal nature. No matter how good we think we are, how moral we deem our living to be, the Bible is clear that all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. Even the good things we have done and continue to do, outside of Jesus Christ, these are as filthy rags. The Passion Translation reads, this realm of death describes our former state, for we were held in sin's grasp. It's the picture of sinful humanity outside of Jesus Christ. There we lay in a tomb, unable to raise ourselves up lifeless, dead. Outside of Jesus Christ, there we lay in our tomb, the mouth of which is sealed by a stone. John chapter 11, beginning at verse 30. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. 
Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was laying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Was Lazarus a sinner? Well, we all outside of Christ are in need of a Savior. But no, Lazarus, he did know the Lord. So what can we draw from this portion of Scripture? A man that had died. A man laid in a tomb, a man that had no power in himself to raise himself up. There he lay lifeless. His tomb, his fate was sealed with a stone. This story, this true piece of history, it can serve as a picture of humanity outside of Jesus Christ. The reality is, if Jesus hadn't shown up at our tomb, the stone would have never been rolled away. If Jesus hadn't shown up at our tomb, we would have never been called out. If Jesus hadn't shown up, we'd have never been raised. If Jesus hadn't shown up, We'd have never been loosed from the garments of death. Verses 38 and 39, then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. The Passion Translation, then Jesus, with intense emotions, came to the tomb a cave with a stone placed over its entrance, Jesus told them, roll it away. Verses 39 and 40, then Martha said, but Lord, it's been four days since he died. By now his body 
is already decomposing. Jesus looked at her and said, didn't I tell you that if you will believe in me, you will see God unveil his power? And that's a word today. That's a word today. If you will believe in me, says Jesus, you will see God unveil his power. You will see the glory of God. Those who believed and believe now can testify to this reality. The power and glory of God working in our lives. Verses 41 to 43, so they rolled away the heavy stone. Jesus gazed into heaven and said, Father, thank you that you've heard my prayer, for you listen to every word I speak. Now, so that these who stand here with me will believe that you have sent me to the earth as your messenger, I will use the power you've given me. Then with a loud voice, Jesus shouted with authority, Lazarus, come out of the tomb. There is a day for each of us when Jesus shows up at our tomb. There's a day for each of us when Jesus comes and stands at the mouth of our tomb. And there he stands with intense emotions. He sees the reality our sin our rebellion, our disobedience is created. There he stands and he knows that we have no power in and of ourselves to raise ourselves up. There we lay lifeless and dead. He knows he is our only hope. Only Jesus has been given the power and authority over death. Only Jesus Christ has the authority. That day he came to the tomb where Lazarus lay and Jesus told them, roll away the stone. They rolled away the heavy stone and then he thanked the Father. And with a loud voice, Jesus shouted with authority, Lazarus, come out of the tomb. Verse 44, then in front of everyone, Lazarus, who had died four days earlier, slowly hobbled out. He still had grave clothes tightly wrapped around his hands and feet and covering his face. Jesus said to them, unwrap him and let him loose. You see, it's only at the command of Jesus that the stone that seals our grave is rolled away. It's only at the call of Jesus that we are raised from death to life and exit the tomb. And it's only at the command of Jesus that we are loosed from the bonds of death. This is the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. He's our only hope. In and of ourselves, there's no power in us. We have no way, no ability, no means to raise ourselves up. It's only because of Jesus. 
Verse 45, from that day forward, many of those who had come to visit Mary believed in him. For they had seen with their own eyes this amazing miracle. The Amplified out walked the man who had been dead. His hands and feet wrapped in burial cloths, linen strips, and with a burial napkin around his face. Jesus said to them, free him of the burial wrappings and let him go. Upon seeing what Jesus had done, many of the Jews who had come with Mary believed in him. They trusted in him and adhered to him and relied on him. You see, without the cross, there is no resurrection life. And there is no forgiveness for sins. Someone had to pay the penalty for sin. Someone had to pay the price. We were hopeless in our state. We needed Jesus to come to our rescue. We needed Jesus to set us free. Is Jesus standing at your tomb today? You see, that day Jesus brought more than just Lazarus out of his tomb. And the truth is, it's the same today as people witness the miracle of Christ concerning our lives. As they witness the miracle working power, God's glory. As we've been called out of our tomb and set free. Ephesians 2, 1 to 9. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked. According to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. How amazing is the resurrection power of Jesus. There was another time when Jesus came to a tomb. And this time, he found himself on the other side of the stone. John 19, verses 16 to 24. Then he delivered him, Jesus, to them to be crucified. Then they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went out to a place called the Place of the Skull, 
which is called in Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side, and Jesus in the center. Now Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Then many of the Jews read this title, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Therefore the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but write, He said, I am the King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts, to each soldier a part and also the tunic. Now the tunic was without seam, woven from the top in one piece. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which says, they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Therefore, the soldiers did these things. Somebody had to pay the price. Somebody had to pay the penalty for sin. Somebody had to pay the price for our sins. Somebody had to pay the price for you. As one great preacher rightly declared, leave out the cross and you've killed the religion of Jesus. We took the cross to set us free. Without the cross, there is no resurrection life. There is no forgiveness of sins. Someone had to pay the penalty for sin. Somebody who had never sinned. Someone who had lived right in the eyes of Father God. And there was only one who could qualify. And his name is Jesus. As the Bible declares, he was born into this world, born of a virgin. And they laid him in a manger. God had a plan. He sent his son into the world, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever would believe in him, not perish, but have everlasting and eternal life. He was born into this world, and there he lay, laid to rest in a manger. And God's plan was that those little arms in the manger would one day grapple with the monster death and destroy it. He lived a perfect life before his father, on this side of eternity. He chose to take the cross. He was obedient to the point of death. And he hung on the cross for you and for me. What did Jesus see as he hung on that cross? Tombs, 
dead people. Our bodies, our dead souls, our dead spirits, the wrappings of our death. What did he see as he hung on that cross? He saw the stones that sealed our fate. And what did he feel on that cross? Intense emotions. It's as if he was standing at the entrance of every tomb. Your tomb. My tomb. Isaiah 53.1 in the message paraphrase, who believes what we've heard and seen? Who would have thought God's saving power would look like this? The chapter continues, the fact is, it was our pains he carried, our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him, our sins. He took the punishment, and that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. We're all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way, and God has piled all our sins, everything we've done wrong on him, on him. He was beaten, he was tortured, but he didn't say a word. Like a lamb taken to be slaughtered and like a sheep being sheared, he took it all in silence. Justice miscarried and he was let off. And did anyone really know what was happening? He died without a thought for his own welfare, beaten bloody for the sins of my people. They buried him with the wicked, threw him in a grave with the rich man, even though he'd never heard a soul or said one word that wasn't true. Still, it's what God had in mind all along, to crush him with pain. The plan was that he give himself as an offering for sin so that he'd see life come from it. Life, life, and more life. And God's plan will deeply prosper through him. Out of that terrible travail of soul, he'll see that it's worth it and be glad he did it. Through what he experienced, my righteous one, my servant will make many righteous ones as he himself carries the burden of their sins. Therefore, I'll reward him extravagantly, the best of everything, the highest honors, because he looked death in the face and didn't flinch, because he embraced the company of the lowest, he took on his own shoulders the sin of the many. He took up the cause of all the black sheep. Bye bye, black sheep. Have you a savior? Back to John 19, verses 25 to 30. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. 
Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop, and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. The body of Jesus was taken off the cross. It was taken and was bound in strips of linen with spices. He was laid in the tomb. John 19, verses 41 and 42, Now in the place where he was crucified there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb which, in which no one had yet been laid. So there they laid Jesus. This time Jesus found himself on the inside of the tomb. On the other side of the stone. Who would come and stand at the entrance of his tomb? Who would come and stand there with intense emotion? Who would command that the stone be rolled away? Who would call Jesus out of the tomb? Who would loose him and let him go? Galatians 1.1, Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Luke 24, 1 to 7. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and other certain women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was in Galilee saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. Jesus Christ took the cross for us. Make it more personal this morning, Jesus Christ took the cross for you. He paid the penalty Jesus was buried in a tomb with the entrance sealed by a stone, but on the third day, he rose again. He conquered sin and death. He took on hell, and he won. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so today, 
I proclaim to you the declaration of the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 to 8. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which you also are saved, if you hold fast to that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, that he was seen by Cephas, and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James and by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also, as one born, as by one born out of due time. Let's have the worship team return today. Do you know Jesus? Have you taken him as Lord and Savior of your life? He comes and stands outside your tomb today with intense emotion. He is the only one who can raise you up from death to life. It's at his command that the stone is rolled away. The stone that seals your eternal fate taken away. It's at his call that you're raised up. You exit the tomb and are loosed and set free. It may be that you've heard a message like this before. You've heard the gospel message. You've heard the news of salvation. You've heard the truth. That we all need Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. Perhaps you've heard a message like this before. Today is the day of salvation. Don't put off the decision for another time. For a later date, another service. Perhaps you've heard a message like this before. J.C. Ryle said these words, the saddest road to hell is one that runs under the pulpit, past the Bible, and through the middle of warnings and invitations. William S. Plummer said these words. Will you have this Lord Jesus for your Savior? Will you bow your head and take his yoke upon you?
If you confess and forsake your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all iniquity. Will you have him? You need him. You need him now. You need him urgently. You need him to help you live. You will need him to help you die. You will need his grace and mercy forever. You're here today and you're saying, how could he save me? What a wretch I am. How could he save somebody like me? You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You're saying, how could he save me? Charles Spurgeon said these words, you are a great sinner, but he is a great savior. You are a great sinner, but he is a great savior. Come, Goliath sinner. The son of David can save even you. Because of the resurrection power of Jesus, our sins are gone. He cast them into his own tomb and they are buried there never to have a resurrection. Perhaps that's the word for some today. Quit trying to resurrect the past. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Called out, raised up, and loosed from the garments of death. For those of us who know Jesus, who believe in Jesus, who are following Jesus, the truth is, we need Jesus. We need him now still. We need him to help us. We need him to help us live. We'll need him to help us die. We'll need his grace and mercy forever. We need his resurrection power. The resurrection power of the anointed one. For the poor, for the brokenhearted, for the captives, for the blind, for the bruised, I declare in this house today that this is the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus Christ, he's still rolling stones away. He's still calling out names. He's calling out people by their name. He knows your address. He knows your name. Jesus Christ, he's still raising dead people and dead things to life. He's loosing. He's loosing and setting them free from the wrappings of death. Our sins are gone. He cast them into his own tomb and they are buried there never to have a resurrection. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for this great gift of salvation. Listen, every day we have reason to rejoice. Every day we have reason to rise up 
and declare that this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Every day we have reason to have a smile on our face, hope on our countenance. Why? Because we're set free. Because Jesus has paid the price. This is the greatest miracle that we can ever hope to receive. The Bible says that when one sinner repents, all of heaven throws one massive party. Are you that one sinner? I once was. Are you that one sinner? Perhaps there's more than one here this morning. Jesus is knocking on your heart. The truth is Jesus comes and he stands at the entrance of your tomb today. Will you receive him as your personal Lord and Savior?